I was smoking, drinking and partying and hanging out with the wrong people all the while I believed I was a Christian. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we'll be talking about whether or not you can be a true Christian while partying and doing drugs. Surprisingly, many young and even older people claim to be Christians, yet their lives don't match that of their faith profession. It's more common than you think, as it's estimated that 1.2 billion Christians are nominal and maybe non-practicing Christians, but they still identify with being a Christian. Today, we will have Rebecca Kalki, and she's a young woman who's going to be sharing with us her journey through life as she was raised as a Christian, but she says she never truly was saved, and she lived a crazy life of partying, alcohol, and drugs. Today, she's an on-fire missionary evangelist telling the world about Jesus and how wonderful it is to know Him. Let's listen to her story and what made the change for her. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hi, Anne. It's such a privilege to be here. Rebecca, It is great having you on with us. And I'm excited to hear about this because this is kind of, you know, a touchy subject. Not everybody talks about this kind of thing. And you've got the story to really have us learn a lot more. So I understand you were raised in a Christian home. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing. I understand your parents were Christians. Is that right? Yeah, so I was told about Jesus from a very, very young age, and I initially made the decision to follow Jesus when I was about four years old, but I never had the foundation of the Bible, and I guess the initial decision, I based my whole faith on that, and the sinner's prayer, and whether it was real in the first place, I do wonder. So basically, you know, you were raised in a Christian home. Everyone else was Christian. Like, were your parents pretty strong Christians? I believe so. From what I remember, I was going to church every single Sunday. So you're going to church every Sunday, going to like youth group or like Sunday school. Yes, yes. And probably not cussing. Like you were generally a good kid, right? Yeah. Well, that was the deception, you know, I never swore or anything. So I really was like, you know, I'm a good Christian. I take all the boxes, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I don't do, you know, all those crazy bad things. Interesting. So when you were younger, what was your understanding of being a Christian? You know, how did you identify as a Christian at that time? Tell me a little bit about that. I think as a young person, I probably would have thought going to church Mm. and, you know, not swearing. It was very much label Christianity. I was the label Christian. Mm. That was my label, but it wasn't my heart. Mm. I wasn't living it out, not by myself. So it was a front that I had up here. Did you like going to church though when you were younger, do you think? Um, I think I did to an extent, but it was just tradition and it was Mm. boring. Because I was just there for the sakes of it, really. Yeah, I mean, you probably had friends, good relationships at church. Exactly. But not like a real relationship with God, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, when I was younger, I definitely thought church was boring, (laughs) you know, for me. But I'm a former atheist, right? But let me ask you a question. I understand that when you were younger, socializing with peers was harder because of a certain condition that you had. So you were really close to your family and your identity was closely centered into your family. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so growing up, I really struggled with being on the autistic spectrum, which may be very different to other people. And yes, yeah, socially, it was tricky. Oh. So yeah, socializing was never a massive thing for me. I always had many friends, but it was tricky. I was always different. And that was very evident from a younger age. And I became more and more aware of it the older I got. I see. So basically, the condition made it very difficult for you to socialize like normally with other students. Is that right? And other friends? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then I understand the situation happened where your parents got a divorce and that caused an issue for you in your life. Tell us about the day that that was announced to you and what happened. Yeah. So I can't quite remember the day, but I do remember it being, you know, my world falling apart as many kids probably experience, you know, it's everything they ever have known and they believe the family is perfect. So nothing's going to happen to it. Yeah. But, you know, the unimaginable happened and my family fell apart and I was absolutely helpless to do anything about it. Wow. So what happened? Like mom left dad, dad left mom? Dad left. Wow. And it was me and my siblings. So that's what happened. Now, with your identity so close to your family, because your family was close to you, how did that make you feel when he left? So it was really, I think it was a shock, actually, because we kind of hero worship your parents and you can't see any imperfection. And it was just like, what? You know, I felt really, really confused, very broken. Mm. I was very angry. Yeah. How did you express that hurt? How did you respond? What did this do to your beliefs at the time? So I don't think it changed much of my opinion of what I thought God was like, because I didn't have much of an opinion. Oh. Well, I, just, I guess I just didn't care enough about God to even give him the time of day to think much about him. Mm. But it did drastically affect the way I reacted with people and the way I saw people. I had a real lack of trust. And I went and, and tried to find the love and the acceptance that I was missing in my relationship with my parents in many, many other things. Like what? What other things stood out there now instead of this closeness with your parents? What other things did you start seeking? So I started by looking for love in, of course, relationships, romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. And I guess I started looking for the affirmation and sense of belonging in the culture of partying and being popular. Wow. You know, I kind of made my own family. Interesting. You know, that's quite common, though, where kids, they jump ship. I know that happened for me when I was younger. I kind of was like, you know what? I'm jumping ship. And there's really no way to prevent that sometimes for some kids. Mm-hmm. And I understand you started hanging out with the party crowd. Like, here you are, you know, not really socializing to now you're like a social butterfly. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, so it's really, really funny because I had to push myself so much out of my comfort zone to do it. But I was so determined to make a life for myself. And I was really, really seeking all the things that I had lost. I was seeking belonging and, like I said, love and, you know, acceptance. And, you know, I had this horrible motive of I need to prove myself because, you know, I need to prove to my parents, you know, that I'm good enough that you people want me, you know, because if my parents or if my dad doesn't want me, then I have to work really, really hard for the world to want me. So that was my big downward spiral. That makes sense. You felt rejected from the divorce from your dad. Yes. You felt like you were no good, like you weren't worth anything. So you're like, I'm going to go and show the world. So you push yourself out into the comfort zone. You're partying, right? Yes. And still in your mind, you're a Christian. Yes. What does that look like? I mean, like you go, you party. Like, tell me an example of where you're at at a party. And then afterwards, like, do you feel guilty or what was going through your mind after that party? Like, give me one example. 
So what would often happen is people would be like, right, now let's, you know, take it a step further and do the big no-no that, of course, you know, saving it till marriage thing. Oh, got it. And I'd be like, no, I can't do that because I'm a Christian. So it was always this big, you know, I won't ever cross the line, but I'll do everything up to it. And same with drugs, you know, I won't do like cocaine or anything, but weed, I'm happy to do that because it's not a big deal. Oh my God. Or, you know, all that kind of, you know, I don't get drunk, but I was tipsy every single night. I see. And people be like, oh, she doesn't do these things because she's a Christian. Oh, and you're like, no, I do them, but I just don't take it as far as other people do. So I'm still good. I'm still in the green light. Yeah, I'm still good. I'm still good. Yeah. <laughs> so in the moment when you're partying, smoking weed, doing stuff you shouldn't be doing with other guys, stuff like that, you're still feeling like, hey, I'm still Christian. I'm still like, I'm just fine. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. So no guilt afterwards? You know what? I don't really think there was much guilt because I was so far from God. I just didn't know him. Um, I didn't know his convictions. Didn't have him ever being like, come on, get back on track because I was never really on track. I see. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. It was just by name only. Now, I understand you were living a life that eventually you did feel hypocritical. But you know what? Let's talk about that in our next show. I think there's a lot of people who can relate to this story of yours here. And I think it's important to understand the transition of what happened in your life. I want to have you back on our next show to talk about how there was such a radical change in your journey here. So thank you again so much for sharing your life with us, Rebecca. Thank you. Hang tight. I want to show you what the Bible says about this right after the break. Listen, my friend, you are in a spiritual battle, and there's a spiritual battle right now for the soul of our nation. The Bible says we overcome the power of the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And friend, I need your help spreading this show to all 50 states all across the USA, and that takes money to broadcast in each city. You can help by being a stable monthly giver of our ministry, Awakening the Nations. We are a ministry who's committed to preaching the gospel all across the world. Partner by going to awakeningthenations.com, and we believe America shall be saved. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877 480 4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877 480 4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So, what do you think about this? It's interesting and a bit scary that one can think they are identifying as a Christian, but not know how much their faith entails and live a life of partying, drinking, sex, the whole thing. So how is this possible? Actually, I think it's quite common nowadays, but is this a type of living normal to the Christian faith? Is it original? My answer is no. The Christian faith is not just some label or status one has in life that is designed for outward appearances. It's an internal encounter that continues inward, and that encounter is a relationship with a holy God. People can label themselves as Christians and believe things they're told as small children to believe, but the level of conviction and understanding won't be that strong. And I think that's why Rebecca knew certain things were wrong, but she couldn't stop herself from doing them because her level of relationship with God truly wasn't that strong. It's written in ancient scriptures of a people who say they're close to God, but really are not. It's written in Isaiah 29, 13. 
Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths, and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. I believe that it's easy to grow up in a certain way and say with our mouth that we're Christians, and deep inside, God sees our hearts. And whether we're truly close to Him or not, God will know. But you can see this type of lifestyle is quite dangerous. Rebecca was playing a difficult game. She told certain people she was a Christian, but then others saw how she behaved. And I'm sure it sent a really confusing message to those around her. But in her mind, she truly was a Christian. She was going to church, doing good things. But her heart needed something. It needed the parties, the acceptance, the relationships. And she tried to fill herself with the things of the world. Father God, I'm praying for the person who could really identify with this story. And this is not to condemn anyone, but that sometimes we can say, yeah, I think I know the Lord, but then deep down inside, we don't know the Lord. So Lord, we take a moment, we call out to you, Lord Jesus, we want to truly know you. So we receive you, we believe in you. Help us to truly know you in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you were blessed by this testimony and I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningDonations.com. That's AwakeningDonations.com. See you next time.